welcome back to the Locks on Diamondbacks podcast. And on today's pod, we are grilling Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres about the Padres offseason. It seems like they didn't do a damn thing. I'm ready to say the D-backs had a better offseason. So we'll discuss with Javier Reyes next. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. But without further ado, we're bringing a man on to grill him about his offseason because we just did Omega NL West Division Roundtable, and we all agreed the D-backs had the best offseason of any of the teams. So we figured, <laughs> why not bring Javier Reyes on to talk about the Padres offseason and the moves that they might have made or lack thereof. Javi, how you doing today, sir? Doing great, man. Miller Thomas, the host of Locked on Diamondbacks, believes that the Diamondbacks had the best offseason. Of course, look, we've done a lot of crossovers, and that's up there. With one of your greatest spin zone moments. I know that you love to do that. Um, everybody, you should check out the video if you have it. Um, it should be up on all of our channels, basically. Uh, Next week. And just the the, the, the the grin he had while trying to pull this off was was second to none. And, and I love it, man. And I'm happy to talk baseball all the time. And as usual, playing each other in the opener. That just keep, keeps happening every year. It's the Diamondbacks yeah. Padres, part three. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. the opening series for a season that I think a lot of people are really excited for. Yeah, the D-backs listeners will hear my off-season take about the D-backs next Tuesday. And it's kind of funny because I did my grading the D-backs off-season on yesterday's podcast, and I gave the D-backs a C-plus, I believe, for their off-season. So a C-plus off-season, and they had the best off-season in the NOS. Crazy how that just works out. But I want to talk a little bit about the Padres off-season, Javi. Let me look at my list of okay. questions. My first one, before we get into the nitty-gritty the details, me. the minutia, yeah, I first want to start with the podcast title that I had yesterday, Grading the Off-Season. So how do you grade the Padres off-season? The Padres off-season, I would think, because you've made fun of me before, you know, and we're, we're going to break down both of our teams and the opening series and whatnot, of course, later on, but... You've mocked me a little bit. So, oh, yeah, the Padres just kind of stood there and did nothing. Mm -hmm. I think that considering what constraints the Padres had, I think I'm ready to give them a B minus or a C plus. I think that yes, and you look at it in a vacuum and you say one of the worst second half faults in Major League Baseball history. It's up there with there was this team. I I think it was a Cleveland. It, it was Cleveland from like 1980 or something like that that had one of the worst fallouts. It's them and the Padres. I think. Don't check me on that. I'm probably wrong, but it's been a long time since a team has had such a fall like the Padres. And you would think, wow, all they did was bring in like a, a, 
a middling starting pitcher who wasn't very effective the last time he was in Major League Baseball and Voy and then a couple relievers. Wow, that's really like depressing. But I think that if you take into account the Padres situation and the fact that they are top in, of the league in payroll, not the very top, but amongst the top in the payroll, the fact that they have a lot of unmovable guys, right? They don't have an easy place to plug in and get players, right? And in fairness, like I said, they're already spending a lot. Unlike a lot of other teams in baseball that have bad off seasons, it's not like the Padres aren't spending, right? So I can actually forgive and not get immediately upset with ownership if they don't want to go out there and sign Nick Castellanos to a five-year, $100 million deal. I at least get it. Would I like it? Maybe. I'm, I'm a little bit out on Castellanos personally, but love the guy. I just think that for the Padres, he could be a little bit. That might have been a mistake. But I think getting Luke Voigt, I think basically giving up a, a your 15th best prospect and Justin Lang, who, don't get me wrong, Padres prospects, they do a lot better pitching-wise, it seems, if another team takes them. I get that. He's had some some high velocity before, even if he struggled with some control. But to get a DH like that, who has serious home run power, talked about this on my podcast, 2020, led the major leagues in home runs. And 2019, if you just look at a per-game basis, one of the better sluggers in the league, WRC Plus was high. His isolated power was high, right? It was not just a Yankee Stadium thing. You know, this isn't Glaber Torres who was able to play Yankee Stadium and just mashed it against the Orioles, right? This is a legit bet. Can he stay healthy is another question, but just for taking a flyer, I loved the move, right? Um, the problem is that they're in a division with the Dodgers and the Giants. And I think and that D-backs. when you compare it to those guys, it looks a lot rough. But this is, I think it was an offseason that, from what I expected, I think they did quite well. I think there's a couple other moves I would have liked to see them make that we'll, you're probably going to ask me about, but for what they had to do, they did pretty good. And for all the Padres fans who are wondering, you know, why can't they do anything? Well, that's what happens when you go all in. You kind of have to you reap what you sow. And having Snell, having Darvish, having Clevenger, having the guy at first base, it means that you can't just go out and get guys because you already have some you're committed to these guys right now. So that's the thing is you have to pick and choose your moments. Did the Padres choose the wrong moment to go all in? I don't know. But, you know, that's just where we are right now. That was a yeah, really I, long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it was perfect. And I like the Luke Voigt move. Like you said, power guy. I don't know why the Yankees kind of fell out of favor with Luke Voigt, but you basically gave up a middling prospect for him who maybe he'll turn out to be an all-star level pitcher, but most of those guys you never hear about again. So I I would rather take the guy who hit 20 plus home runs in a 60 game season than the guy who I might not see over the course of four years. And looking up and down this Padres roster, like, I don't know what the move would have been because a lot of their positions already seem solidified. Like the rotation, they got four to five guys already there. Their top six in their lineup is already there. Like I feel like the move that needed to be made by the Padres was more addition by subtraction with Eric Hosmer or Will Myers because I I know he's he to not be named in Eric Hosmer. But entering the offseason, what was like your wish list for this Padres team? Was it just getting off some of those bad contracts or were there any players out there that you actually want the Padres to target? If miraculously they were able to get off the first baseman's contract, that would have been amazing, right? That would have been amazing. But in fairness, I've kind of come around to been like, man, you're just going to take an L of a trade. You're going to attach a CJ Abrams just to get rid of this guy. Is that worth it? Or do you want to just be looking at it and say, well, in fairness, he costs 7 million less next year. It's at least something, right? Will Myers will be off the book. So I understand not wanting to trade what left you have of the offseason, uh, the, the farm system. The way I saw it was I was interested in both Alex's, both Alex Wood and Alex Cobb. 
who both end up going, of course, because God forbid any other team help out the Padres and keep them away from our division rivals to the Giants. And Alex Cobb apparently has seen a giant increase in velocity lately. He's actually throwing 97 and he was averaging 93 uh, last year. So I think he's going to be great for them. Is that a Giants thing? Right. Because some people might be thinking, well, that's just because the Giants know what they're doing. Fair. That's a fair thing. I also really like Tyler Anderson, who the Dodgers got. And then in terms of offense, Michael Conforto and Mark Canna were the two guys that I was really interested in. And then um, Nelson Cruz as well ends up going to the the, um, the Nationals, yeah, of course. Yeah. But the Nationals were just willing to pay a little bit more. But Mark Canna, one of the underrated like top 20 outfielders just in terms of his defense, his WRC. He can walk a lot and he's solid. And he's got a really fun Instagram, just posting pictures of food all the time. I like Mark Canna. Seems like a good dude. Um, that And then Michael Conforto, because I just don't see a long-term investment. Everyone was asking for Castellanos. My thing was liability in the outfield. And it's not like with the current construction of the Padres, they could have just thrown him at DH. It's like, well, then you don't have a left fielder now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was this whole can of worms untangle. So those were kind of my top targets. But, you know, some people might be surprised. Well, wouldn't you want Castellanos? Wouldn't you want, you know, Marcus Simeon or all these top guys? Well, the Padres aren't in a position to be you know, going for those guys right now, unfortunately, um, for better or worse, and whether or not people agree with AJ Preller's moves. Yeah, and the guys you mentioned were pretty attainable. It's not like those guys yeah. would have broke the bank or anything like that. Like Michael Conforto, mm-hmm. you can still get Conforto. Like, he's still a yeah, free agent. It's still he's possible. Still yeah. <laughs> he's like, still, he's still out there. there. Yeah, he's just chilling. <laughs> he's like, hey, my shoulder was hurting, hey. but I'm healthy again. Just come pick me up. By the time of recording this, he might have signed with a team, maybe even the Padres. It's not impossible, but he's re-engaged with a... Uh, uh, teams on talks smells like a guy who's going to take a prove it deal on a one, maybe two year, maybe two year, maybe an option type of thing. Yeah. That's something the Padres can do. Cause then it just becomes money where it's, it becomes like kind of an expiring a little bit where it's like, all right, maybe you can convince ownership. We're only doing it this year. And then next year it'll be a lot, but who knows? Yeah. Everyone thought the player empowerment was when baseball players start signing these 10 year, $300 million contracts. No, the player empowerment is going to be when you see more Carlos Correa type deals where it's three years and it's an opt out after every single season. These are LeBron type contracts where it's like a one and one. You give me a fully guaranteed one year and then I can opt out every season after that. So I think we might see more of those contracts coming up mm-hmm. in the future. And I do want to ask you about AJ Preller and whether last year's trigger happiness might have been a reason he hesitated this offseason. But before we get there, Javi, I want to talk to you mm. about Built Bar because have you ever tried a Built Bar? Do you have, have oh, you? Have I tried a Built Bar? They're the best. They're the best. They're the best. They're What's the best. your favorite flavor? Apple Almond Crisp. A little bit of a hipster pick oh. on my part. But after all, I am a hipster with this hat yeah. that I've been wearing. And since it is open day, I forgot to reveal to everybody my haircut. <laughs> there you go. Oh. I forgot to do that at the top of the podcast. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Wow, we got a new man for the new season, but let me remember, this is a Built Bar ad. So the reason, (laughs) (laughs) let's not go off on a tangent here. This is a Built Bar ad. So the reason why I asked you what your favorite flavor is, Javi, not to show off your haircut, but to enforce the idea (laughs) that Built Bar is delicious because it's the reason I've been able to stick to my New Year's resolution. It's going to be April by the time they're listening to this podcast. And usually by April, I'm like, whoa, I'm back to eating flaming hot cheetos on my couch i'm back to just playing video games every day but not this year javi built bar has kept me on track i'm i'm going to the gym i'm losing weight and it's because of built bar because it tricks me every time i want some chocolatey or something that's like a dessert i just grab my built bar because it tricks me i think that i'm eating a candy bar when in reality i'm actually eating a protein bar low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for a keto diet and the 
they even have these things called puffs, which are infused with marshmallow and they're fluffy and like all built bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, soft and easy to chew. If you want your own built bar, just go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And also, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day, unless it's Locked On Padres. But either way, you got to make Locked On MLB Prospects with host Lindsey Crosby your second listen of the day because Lindsey is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Javi, I teased us there before we did the little live read, but let me ask you, do you think Preller's aggressiveness last offseason and some of those deals coming back to bite him in the butt might have been a reason why he wasn't as aggressive or really not aggressive at all this offseason? Yeah, and just the way that I jumped the gun on taking off my hat and probably shouldn't have done it uh, during the ad read, uh, AJ Preller. Uh, it's it's perfectly reasonable. I think he gets a little bit f- of, of flack on certain trades. I think Mike Clevenger, yes, did they give up a lot. Cal Quantrill all of a sudden looks like a very quality star. I shouldn't even say all of a sudden. He was actually decently effective for the Padres. But yes, but that's a trade where, well, Clevenger got hurt, right? And who knows how he performs if he was healthy those two years. You would have him for two years, not just this one year upcoming. But I think a lot of people view that trade a whole lot differently. So that's a little bit unfair to beat up on him for. But the Austin Nola trade, Ty France looks really, really good right now. And oh man, if there, you know, there's a bizarro universe where he's playing first base, and they haven't, they don't even have to worry about giving him a, a big extension or money just yet, instead of the current ground ball gremlin that they do have, right? But at the same time, it's it's tricky because you look at this off season, and you know, I'm wondering if some people might be thinking, should they have extended Tatis so soon? Right. Because you did have the club control. Did you have to do that? Yes. It means that he would have cost more in the future. But even still, you lock him up. That affects your ability to make a team now, even if potentially, you know, four years from now, he would have commanded like, you know, 500 million or whatever the heck. Right. But it is a fair thing to bring up, especially for a guy who is now hurt. Unfortunately, he's not going to be in the opening day lineup for sure. So you have all those things. Darvish, he's on the books for this year and next year. And then. You know, it's just it's Blake Snell, same thing. Like, there's a lot of question marks here with this team. But I will say this, Millard. I will say this. What are you going to say? You know, it's not impossible. You know, you Darvish is going to be the opening day starter for uh, the Padres uh, against your D-backs, which should be very, very fun. Um, and I know that the D-backs torched him. Every team started torching him after the sticky stuff thing. But the key thing with this Padres team is their rotation has a lot of guys where you can see the upside. Right. You could see Mike Clevenger going 150 innings this year, being pretty reliable and just being a solid starter. You could see that. Right? He was really great when they traded for him. They traded for him for a reason. Blake Snell with that fastball slider combo and abandoning the curveball, new pitching coach and stuff like that. He was really great at the end of last season. You can see him bouncing back. And then you could also see Joe Musgrove repeating what he did last year. I have almost no doubt that he's going to repeat what he did last year. Basically, no doubt. I think everything he did was legit. And then. You know, you just kind of look at the rest of the team and you're saying, all right, like I could talk myself in a paddock at least being useful or at minimum being a trade chip. I could talk myself into Ryan Weathers making a leap and kind of being better than he was last year because he was good at one point last year. Right. Then you could talk yourself into Mackenzie Gore. He was a top prospect for a reason. He was the number one pitching prospect in the grand scheme of things not too long ago. 
right? We've seen plenty of pitching prospects that take a little bit of time to get there. Jose Barrios of the Blue Jays, he just got paid, right? Lucas Giolito, Carlos Rodon, top overall um, draft picks that took a while before they broke through. So don't give up on Mackenzie Gore. I just think that there's a lot of at least to like on this Padres team, even if it's hard to see the immediate improvements because we're used to the Padres making all the fun moves and making all the splashes. Yeah, that's why I'm not going to be surprised if they have a bounce back because they had so many players, especially in that rotation, that just had down years. We also forget, I mean, you don't forget, but I'm sure maybe D-backs fans forget, like the Nelson Lamette was supposed to come into the year and be a potential Cy Young Award candidate last season. And yeah. he was pretty much hurt the whole season. You have Clevenger hurt. Uh, you, you just had a whole bunch of guys either hurt or just having really down seasons. Like those Blake Snell splits home road are absolutely insane. You Darvish yeah. post sticky stuff, absolutely insane. Some of his numbers. So I think that you really just got a lot of down seasons and seasons you wouldn't expect from a lot of those guys, but assume the Padres don't meet their expectation level again this season. Do you think AJ Preller could be on the hot seat? Because when I do look at last year's moves, most of them, probably haven't worked out so far like you darvish so far you wouldn't say is a win mm. blake snell you wouldn't say is a win mike clevenger you wouldn't say is a win Haseen kim you wouldn't say is a win really the only win among the preller moves last season was joe musgrove who does look like a legit you know at least frontline starter number one or number two but now you have to make a decision are we going to pay this guy because i know we talked off mm-hmm. air he's going to be a pending free agent so before yeah. we talk about musgrove and his pending free agency if the Padres don't live up to the expectation level this season. Could you see Preller on the hot seat? Because I think uh, I think you probably already mentioned you got Bob Melvin now. You already swapped out the coach. You can't blame Tingler anymore for the collapse. So if it happens again, mm-hmm. I feel like the GM has to be the next one to go. I don't think it would be this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be this season. I really do believe that the signing of Machado, that the trade for Tatis, I think there's a lot of forgiveness allotted you know what i'm saying and it's not like the padres fire everybody they've had a lot of managers replaced but i don't see that for gm but but in fairness since 2015 i could see it i could see it it's not impossible i just i think that they would have to be very i think they would have to be below 500 again that's what i think would have to happen if they win like 88 games I don't think it happens. I think you talk yourself into saying, hey, we're going to have Abrams up next year for sure. He's going to get better. Gore is going to get better. And we'll be able to move things around and whatnot, right? We'll, we'll find a way, right? If they are below 500 and they look like a disaster, then I could see it because then ownership is going to be looking at this and being like, how are we spending this much money? And how did you destroy one of the best farm systems in the history of baseball over the span of just a few years? And you missed on essentially almost every trade. Right. Yeah. I could see it. It's it's absolutely an option. But as of right now, I don't see it. They did. I'm pretty sure relatively uh, recently give him an extension. So for now, I don't see it. But uh, it's it's in the cards, man. It's in the cards. Yeah. So we'll talk about whether it's a smart bet to bet on Joe Musgrove. But if you want to <laughs> place a bet, do you know where you have to go, Javi? Where do I have to go, Millard? Where do I have to go? You have to go to bet online because after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Javi, I do want to talk a little bit about Joe Musgrove, but I actually first want to ask you, what? where is Denelson Lamette? I actually haven't done any research about him. Like, is he still on the team? Is he still expected to maybe make the rotation? Yeah, like, what's going on with him? He's on the team, but it's it's kind of like maybe a long inning reliever type of role. It feels like they're kind of abandoning the hope of the starter. But in fairness, we haven't heard too much. There's like a whole fifth starter battle at the time of a recording. this, So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, they might go to a six man. I could see that they might do a six man where it's uh, two guys that go three innings each. Like we don't know. There's so, there's a lot of experimentation, uh, assuming they don't make any giant trade beforehand. I know Brian Reynolds was mentioned, but uh, yeah, I don't really know. Bre- Reynolds, is, uh, I mean, not Reynolds. Uh, it's an also Mets. Uh, unfortunately, a little bit of a mess right now. Um, you know, and we haven't. Can I can I ask you a question though? <laughs> yeah, I, please ask me a question. I got. Yeah, like, we, we do. We do have to ask you so because it is a crossover after all. Not not to cut you off totally, but you oh, know, no, what is kind good. of an X factor? Probably, oh. Just a simple question. I know that Diamondbacks aren't expected to be competitive, so this isn't one of those things where you're like, "Oh, we got to learn everything about the D-backs." But you know, what's a guy that Padres fans need to look out for? Us, maybe you know, just a guy that people might not be talking about. You know, maybe a guy who's going to bounce back because I know I have one uh, that could be an X factor for the Padres. But go ahead. Okay, I think a lot of people would probably assume I'm going to say like Dalton Varsho, someone someone who was a highly touted prospect coming up, struggled mm. in the first half last season, had a mm. breakout second half, and yeah, mm, I'm throwing it back on you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and he's someone I've said a lot. He's a huge swing player for the D-backs this season, but I got a new guy of who can be the X factor for the D-backs this season. I'm going with the man we acquired in the Zach Greinke trade, Seth Beer. Now, the reason he hasn't played on the MLB level just yet is because he is atrocious at defense. Zach Buchanan mm. last year, a couple of years ago before 2020 season said he will not be called up until they bring the universal DH back. Well, guess what? The universal DH is back and it's here to stay. So it is time to get Seth Beer in the lineup because when you look at every checkpoint of his career, he has smashed his way through the minors. You look at his little like three-game stint he had on the MLB level last season to end the year with the D-backs before he got hurt. He was smashing the ball in like 10 plate appearances. Even in spring training this year, he's been smashing the ball. At every checkpoint, Seth Beer has crushed it and shown he can be a real offensive threat. And the D-backs were a team that finished second fewest home runs last season in Major League Baseball. Seth Beer has 30 home run potential. He will not be playing first base defensively unless Christian Walker, Paven Smith, and every defensive first baseman in the system gets hurt and everyone else around Major League Baseball gets hurt. That might be the only way he plays first base, but should he be the DH? Damn yes, because he might have the best offensive repertoire of all D-backs players after like a Ketel Marte of our show. Maybe it's a battle with Carson Kelly. I like it. I like Thank it because the yeah. DH is a big thing, uh, right? Like I know that we've talked about it probably on both of our respective podcasts a lot, but like that changes things because it means that you're going to have all these guys that might not be great off the defensive players. Like you mentioned, that can make a little bit of an impact. It's more lineup manipulation, right? More interesting strategies. I guess we could have this. So that is a name because yeah, Dalton Varsho is one that I hear from the Diamondbacks a lot. So I appreciate you bringing up, bringing up your man there, bringing up yeah. your man just a little bit. 
Yeah, the DH is something, of course, we've talked about ad nauseum, trying to get it back. I know we've argued with the old people like Sully Baseball about trying to get the universal <laughs> DH back because I don't know why people want to see the strategy. Like we saw the strategy implemented last season. The Brewers had to leverage great starting pitching from Freddie Peralta just so they could get potentially one run with like the bases loaded in the fourth inning of their series last mm-hmm. season. I don't think they got that run. And then you have to take Freddie Peralta out when he was cruising through mm-hmm. four or five innings. So that's not a strategy <laughs> I want to see. So I'm glad to see the universal DH back. Nelson Cruz, like you mentioned earlier, would have been an interesting name. I don't know why the Nats are signing Nelson Cruz at like 43 years old. They're a team that's going to be in last. I guess Flipping just a trade deadline. piece. That's about it. Flipping just acquire assets. Just acquire assets. Uh, before we wrap up today, Javi, I'll get you on one more question. And since you threw it to me, let me throw it back to you who do you have as a x factor for the padres this season tatis x factor for the padres <laughs> did you say tatis yeah tatis's shoulder x factor <laughs> that was me that was me yeah that was, me. That was below the belt I, I apologize i actually like tatis i'm sorry tatis You're everyone, like one does. Only- everyone does <laughs> yeah everyone i know you've slandered him on twitter before oh yeah bird his defense before. oh yeah the defense you his got defense isn't that bad it yeah, isn't I mean, that bad it's just like 20 anyway it's all right we don't know defense isn't bad Hassan Kim, you brought him up oh. earlier. I think Hassan Kim is a major X factor, and here's why. Among qualified infielders last year, his defensive run save total was pretty incredible. I think he had a little bit under 10 defensive run saves, considering the amount of playing time he had. And as of right now, again, we don't know. We're recording a little bit early. Um, it's probably between him, Abrams. You got Jerickson profile around there. Maybe they move Jake Cronenworth to shortstop. We don't know. But Hassan Kim is probably the likely person that could get a lot more reps if he becomes just an average MLB hitter, let's say he hits 240 with a 320 on base, right? Not that great. Hints of power, maybe 15 bombs, something like that. The defense is so good that over the majority of the season, he could be a three-war player potentially. That's how good his defense is. He darts the ball to first base. He has great range. He has great reflexes. He just has a great instinct. He's the one who threw that last out for Joe Musgrove's no-hitter. If he can just improve and become an average MLB hitter, not even a star, does not have to repl- replicate what um, Tatis did, that would be an improvement. And that sure up your infield with Cronenworth, with Hassan Kim, and with Machado, no ball is getting past the infield, at least on that oh. side. The other side may be a little questionable. But but that's a big-time X factor that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I'm not ready to give up on Hassan Kim after one year. It has been rough, and he looked really bad at the plate, pulling over 50% of his balls. That was bad. Um but I think that there's time for improvement. It's been a year. You know, I think he's the type of guy that really could have used a stint in the minors to, you know, amp up his bat. But with that defense, don't I'm just saying this is the type of thing that we forget about. There was hype about him last year. Now, maybe we get a little bit more uh, exciting. And then the other X factor is probably Mackenzie Gore, who, if he does make the rotation, um, wasn't too long ago that he was a top prospect. So, you know. Yeah, after watching last season, watching Kim last year, this would be like the equivalent would be me giving a, a take on how Nick Ahmed is going to be the X factor for the D-backs in 2022. All defense, no offense. So we'll see. He was a, a pretty big time player in the international waters, Kim was. So hopefully he can tap into some of that offense that he showed overseas and bring it over to the United States. So we'll see what happens there. Mackenzie Gore, like, I don't know what that guy's going to be. I haven't looked up any of his MLB minor league profiles or anything like mm. that. I haven't looked at the stats. So we'll see like what prospects I'm a wait and see kind of guy. Once you show it to me on the MLB level, then I'll be a believer. I'm not really going to believe into believe in you until I see it. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty fair take. So Javi, mm. I feel like we're probably going to do another crossover next week. I do want to do a, a little opening day 
wager friendly wager, but I don't want to do it on today's it. pod. Because I don't want to do it on today's pod, Hobbs, oh. because I, oh. I want to do it next week. I want to save it for next week because this is coming out oh. tomorrow. At least on my end, this is coming out tomorrow. So I'd love oh. to do maybe a little short crossover next week where we <laughs> right before opening day because I want to simmer on this. I really want to think about it. I also need to know okay. who's starting opening day for the D backs. Like I don't know when the Zach, heck I'm going to put this one out of mind, but yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Whenever you want because Gallon, Gallon's dealing with some shoulder stuff right now. So he might be limited mm-hmm. if he was to start opening day. We might have to mm-hmm. throw Bumgarner out there again opening day. We saw how that went last my season. Boy. So your boy might be starting opening day. So that's why I want to wait to do the wager until I officially know who's yeah. starting opening day because I think it'll get more juicy if Bumgarner is starting because we already know what the wager is going to be based around. It's going to be Madison Bumgarner based if he is starting opening day. So we'll save that for next week, Javi. But for the audio listeners, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres. That is, you know, what I just said. And then Lockdown Padres on YouTube, trying to get that subscriber count up. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this week. We'll probably, uh, let's say a recap of the series, perhaps, is what we might be, what might be in store. What do you think? Okay, yeah, we could do a, a recap. recap. That sounds fun. That's so fun. then, do we need to do a wager right now? Then <laughs> we're going to recap the series. I don't. No, no, no. If you really want to, if you promise that we do, because we've done one every year. So mm-hmm. we have. If you promise that you're going to look it over and we do another crossover for for Thursday, it'll be then. Yeah. Then I'm in. But if you don't, okay. if you don't stick to your word, if this is you chickening out, oh, you want to do a Thursday hey, recap I've done it to after Josh the game? Before. I've done it to Josh Neighbors before. I will absolutely flame you on the Bird app. I will post the videos and whatnot, even though the one that I posted for Josh Neighbors Lockdown Lockdown Nationals low-key hasn't aged well because Trey Turner is awesome. But still, uh, you know, it's it's, it's still a whole lot of fun to do. Uh, So we'll see. But uh, I'm looking forward to a chat that will happen pretty soon again. So you want to recap after the game? Is that what you're saying? Or do you want to go next day? You want to do that Friday little recap? Because I'd probably be asleep by Thursday night, once after the no, game. We recap the entire it. series, man. Okay, okay. Right, recap the entire see. series. All right. Never mind. Never mind. We'll do the wager. We'll announce it on Twitter, <laughs> on the Bird app before the series. We'll talk offline what the wager should be. And okay. then, uh, or maybe we'll make it secret. Maybe we'll make it a secret. You'll just know what the wager is based off how the series goes or how opening day goes. So that I feel like the people are going to want to know. I feel like yeah. the people are going to want to know. All right. we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. That is Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres. I am Miller Thomas. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just type in Lockdown Dimebacks to both Twitter and Instagram for a podcast handle. We are also on YouTube. We are trying to hit Javi's subscriber count. We are trying to climb <laughs> to that number. So please, please, please go subscribe Definitely to Lockdown Dimebacks. Go check yep. it out, guys. Come on. Go check it out. Javi, I guess I'll see you next week, sir. Sometime. We're, we're coming. See we're around the week, corner. Sir. All right. That is Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres. I'm going to take him off the stream. Thank you to everyone who tuned into this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. We had on Zach Buchanan of The Athletic to break down that Marte contract and spring training positional battles and give us some injury updates as well. So go check out that pod if you might have missed it. We've got a huge divisional roundtable coming next week for you guys. So be on the lookout for that. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Go make your second list of the day. Locked on MLB with my pal and hopefully your pal too, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully because he's a walking baseball encyclopedia, both past and present. And as always, as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces!